Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are updating the 2023 NFL Draft right after week 15 of the NFL season. What a wild week it was, and because of that, a lot of movement in the order. However, in the top 10, we're starting to see some familiar names. In the top five, things are really starting to get solidified. So now we can have those conversations. Hey, this is what we think the draft is going to look like. We're getting a clearer picture, which means we can start to project where certain players might be going, what certain teams might be doing. And of course, we're going to have a lengthy quarterback discussion as well because we know that that's what's going to control the draft. We're also taking you guys' voicemails, dedicating a lot of time at the end of the podcast to get into a handful of those. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sykema. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys on a Wednesday, Christmas week Wednesday, I will add. Happy early holidays to everybody out there. We've got a gift for you, and that is we're going over the brand new 2023 NFL Draft Order. As we always do every Wednesday, but Connor, we're coming down to the wire, my friend. The regular season only has three weeks left, and the closer we get to those final games, the better picture that we have of the 2023 NFL Draft. So excited to get to talk to you about it again my man but uh how you doing today my friend i'm good this is one of those weeks that you're just sprinting to wrap up not wrap everything up but you know i know oh, i see what you did christmas pond christmas pond love that wrap, wrap, wrap everything up. up wrap it up wrap everything up there you go i mean i know hanukkah's underway uh christmas is this weekend for you know there's just so much going on and the football has been crazy it's absolutely insane and now the draft really ramps up so this is really a good show to kind of breathe, do the draft order as we always do, do voicemails because we do want to continue to hear from you. So we actually have a lot of voicemails we're going to get through today after the draft order. And in the middle of all of this, you and I are, our scouting boots, our scouting boots and chaps are on, man. We are grinding. Dirty. We are grinding. To, we have scouting waiters on, the people that <laughs> really get deep in the water. We are grinding, grinding, grinding. Um, so I guess we could we could say it right now. I mean, there's going to be a running backs episode um, later this week as well. So it's it's nuts, man, and it's exciting. In uh, in classic Trevor and Connor fashion, I I think I realized that we didn't clarify that we were going to do running backs at the end of the week because. I've been tweeting out like some information on running backs. Like I remember I put out a screenshot of Tank Bigsby and somebody responded. They're like, oh, we get running backs on Thursday. And I was like, <laughs> I thought we yeah, did too. I'm it's, like, didn't we say that? But I've been I making actually... memes to hype up the show, but I haven't actually told anyone we're doing the show. Did you make that meme? Oh, yeah, I made that. <laughs> I thought yeah. somebody said it to you. <laughs> I haven't even tweeted it yet. So if anyone's listening and wondering where it is, it'll be on your feed soon. But I've decided that for our position rankings i'm just gonna make a stupid <laughs> wrestling meme every time we do a show <laughs> i uh i'm actually now that we're bringing this up at the beginning of the pod i'm gonna send your meme to our producer ryan and uh i'm gonna have him put it up on the youtube you gotta fly it in. if you guys are watching on youtube that you can see it there it's uh Look, we're the we're the bad boys of PFF. We're we represent for the running backs. We said right before this this show began in a little pre-show where we're chit-chatting back and forth. We're already excited to record the next episode because of how deep this running back class is. And there's so yeah. many different guys to love, so many different shapes and sizes of players. But we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves there. We do have a whole episode devoted to that. Let's talk about the draft order, my friend. Let's let's update the draft order here. Going into week 16. So following what I would say is the most exciting week that we saw in the NFL year this past year in week 15. Houston Texans, they got close. They got so close. 
but still sitting there with one win. They are one twelve and one. They have the number one overall pick. Chicago also close against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think a lot closer than some people thought it was going to be. They're three and eleven. They're picking number two overall. Seattle still has that number three pick. Detroit. Oh, what a year for Detroit. For the Los Angeles Rams and their loss to the Green Bay Packers, Detroit still has the number four overall pick. Arizona, Connor, now sitting here at number five, Indianapolis, after the biggest collapse in NFL history. Sorry, Colts fans. I'm sorry. That's the last time I'll bring it up. They're sitting there at number six. Atlanta Falcons at seven. Carolina Panthers at eight. And then it would be the New Orleans Saints at nine, but that New Orleans pick is for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is hilarious because all three of those teams still have a chance to win the division in the NFC South. Then we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at number 10. Uh, Jacksonville is at 11. Houston's at 12 uh, from Cleveland's pick. Pittsburgh's at 13. Green Bay's at 14. Seattle again at 15. New England is 16. Your Jets at 17. And then the Detroit Lions right there, the final cutoff pick at number 18 overall. Uh, Connor, we'll start, I guess, towards the top of the order. It's kind of getting this solidified, right? Because the teams that are bad – are not really moving down the order. They're so a continuously lot of those bad. Teams are locked in the top five, buddy. It seems like this is a very realistic top five that we have already here at the uh, at the eve of week sixteen. I think so too. I, I really do. We we have the Houston conversation all the time. The Bears are a weird one because they're sitting at two, which would be phenomenal for the Bears, but. It feels like every week Justin Fields comes close to winning them a game that you don't expect them to win, and then they Mm -hmm. just come up short. Now, you look at their schedule. They have potentially the number one seeds from each conference. They host the Bills on Christmas Eve. They close out the season hosting the Vikings. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I don't think the Vikings will be the number one seed, obviously, but I'm just saying these are opponents that should beat the Bears. And then in the middle of that, dude, on New Year's Day, they have the Lions, who the Lions are in, in winter. The Lions are just in winter go home mode every week, and they're playing like it. The Lions right. are playing like they want to make the playoffs. So could the Bears win one of those three and things get really interesting with all the four win teams? Maybe, but they're still positioned in the right way to pick that high. And I, I truly believe they need to get a player of that caliber of the number two overall pick. I think the conversation for me, Trevor, this week that's much different than any we've had. Um, is who are the sleeper cells to take quarterback, right? Like we could sit here and do the, and I don't want to give away some voicemail. So there's some topics I will purposely avoid during this segment that you will hear later. We could do the Houston quarterback conversation. Of course, the Colts, I get that Carolina, but who are the sleeper teams in the top 15, top 20 that you're like, man, they might take a quarterback or trade up for a quarterback when you weren't that sure of it, especially going back to August. I, I kind of look at, dare I say, a New England. Uh, that's right? where my mind goes. If you're talking about true sleeper teams that we really haven't talked about with quarterback before, New England's sitting there at 7-7. Seven and seven. They've won a decent amount of games so far this season. But Mac Jones, I mean, you know, his first name could be Mid for all we can. Mid Jones, it seems like what we're getting right now with the ceiling of what he could be. It was a terrible joke. I'm sorry, everybody. It just came to my head, and I just couldn't help it. But Jones, they are, I think, now in the quarterback conversation, right? Earlier this year, we were already debating, like, who's going to play between him and Bailey Zappi. I don't don't know if they feel good enough about Bailey Zappi to say, all right, we don't love Jones, but we got Zappi, so we're good enough there. New England, even if they don't move, they feel like a team that could take a quarterback in the first round. 
right? I mean, 16, the way that mock drafts are falling right now, and there's obviously there, there's going to be a lot of movement in mock drafts between now and, and the end of April. But I think it's realistic as of right now to think Anthony Richardson could be available at 16. Tanner McKee could be available at 16. Maybe a guy like Will Levis, who knows? Um, yeah, you never if, know. If Probably if, not, but you never know. If C.J. Stroud's stock falls enough, like maybe not at 16, but maybe you're within range to trade up and not really break the bank because I don't feel like New England's going to have this massive trade-up. It just doesn't feel like a real Belichick thing to do, move up from 16 and pay the price that you need to to go up and get those guys. But maybe if C.J. Stroud ends up falling a little bit, I guess I could say the same thing for Will Levis as well. So all of a sudden, not only is New England in range for a quarterback sitting there in the top 16, I think that conversation is warranted um, given how it feels uninspiring Mac Jones has been I won't even just say recently. I feel like just throughout the entire year, how uninspiring he has been. How how much do you want to go into next season with him at the helm and be like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Like, team's going to be good. We're totally fine. I mean, defense has been locked down basically the whole season. Offense just hasn't figured things out. And it's not the best receiving cast. I know I'm kind of rambling on it now. But to answer your question, I do think the New England Patriots are a sleeper team for a quarterback. Right. And then you have the conversation, of course, around – like in Atlanta at seven that if Ritter plays like he played this weekend for the rest of the year, even if he plays well in a few games, I just don't think Atlanta's betting the house on Desmond Ritter. Does Atlanta, no matter what, take the best quarterback at seven? And you're going to have teams get in on the veteran sweepstakes. Like I don't bring up, you know, the Jets in this because I just think that front office would go veteran route before just drafting another quarterback. And some people say, well, why wouldn't New England do that? Well, New England, number one, different draft capital where they took Mac. Number two, they benched him for Bailey Zappi. It just doesn't feel like they care about feelings as much, New England. Mm-hmm. Like, New England, to me, would even consider probably keeping Mac and drafting another quarterback and being like, we don't figure it out. Like, tough it out. The best man wins. So I just, I look at New England as definitely that kind of sleeper sell. God, there's so much. What is Green Bay looking like with a top 15 pick right now? Because, I'm not a belief that Aaron Rodgers contract could be moved. I know that's been drawn up by a lot of green Bay fans, right? Does Rodgers or Jordan love end up on one of these teams in the top 16 and that changes everything, right? Yeah. I don't Jordan love is an interesting chess piece going into this off off season because he'll be going into year four of his deal next year. And he is a, first round pick so they also have the fifth year option on them so it's not like they're totally running out of time but would green bay think about moving him it feels like rogers is certainly enjoying playing football right now more than at least outwardly it felt like he was at the beginning of the year so i don't feel as though it's i don't i don't feel as though it's it's far-fetched to say that rogers would be back next year for green bay he's got a lot of money on the line too to come back next year and play for green Bay. And uh, even though he's not at MVP caliber, I still think he's been playing fine. Certainly as he has gotten rapport with his wide receivers, you're seeing a lot more uh, success in that realm as well. Do they move on from love? Because I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at Las Vegas sitting there at number 10. It's not going to cost Las Vegas, the number 10 overall pick to go get Jordan love. No, 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 right? no way. No it's way. Pro- I would think that it's probably going to be some some day two pick. 
Right. If Jordan Love genuinely genuinely became available, I I feel like Green Bay could pull the trigger with a second round pick. If you offered a second round pick for Jordan Love, I think they're pulling the trigger. Now, anything less and it becomes less of a value of of Jordan Love and where you drafted him, but more of the value of how much longer is Rodgers going to play, right? Because if you think that he's coming back for next year, which I guess I would lean, he's going to be back with the Packers next year. Dude, there's so much money on the table for him to how like, much for him to retire would be insane. Right. How much further are we getting there? Because then you could still say, no, 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 we're not going to get Jordan Love. We're not going to get rid of Jordan Love because if we play Aaron Rodgers for another year, we still have Love going into next year. We've got the fifth-year option, and then we can play him on it before we make any kind of decision on a quarterback contract. So I don't know if they're going to be if they're going to want to move on from him just for their own planning sake, but if they do, I think a team could offer a second-round pick for him, and that does go into the equation, I think, for a lot of these teams. And I look at a team like Las Vegas – that's one that could be interested in a quarterback, depending on what they're doing for Derek Carr. Derek Carr's contract is very movable after this year. It's advantageous for him to not be on the team anymore. That's where my eyes go for Jordan Love. I don't know if you have any other thoughts with Love or where he could play into this quarterback conversation. Man, a lot of places, because I think he's really talented. I mean, if I'm Atlanta, if I'm the Raiders, going down the list here, the Jets. I mean, who would have more info on him than the Jets? The LaFleur brothers. Mm, so the Jets. Little collusion. Yeah, right. I, I mean, there's. I don't think it's collusion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we use the right word. It's not collusion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not collusion. Yeah. It's fascinating. I bet there's a lot of Green Bay fans that are kind of slamming their head against their, key, you know, wherever they are. Hopefully not on a human or a car, but somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listening to this because they're like why do we draft this guy in the first round just to rot on the bench all these years and then we trade him for you know whatever 80 cents on the dollar or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and it's like well i don't think green bay thought they'd be in this situation and all you have to do is google the structure of rogers deal the way it's lined up tells you that he's here to stay throughout the rest of jordan loves packer tenure so I don't get it either. I I think you have to, unless somebody is crazy enough out there to take on the Rodgers contract, and I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. No. I, and I've seen mock Rodgers trades all over Twitter. Lately. I'm like, with like real assets going back. And I'm just like, does anybody look up the deal? Like the deal's crazy. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Because we've seen GMs do some crazy stuff for quarterbacks. Hello, Carson Wentz. Then maybe, but man, it just feels like, yeah, if Jordan Love wants to play, and it's, there's been rumors that he really wants to play, and who could blame him? The guy I'd want to play. Guy's going into season four. We saw him for one drive, and he ripped it up. It was I'd, I'd, tell the, I'd tell the Packers to let me join a local flag football league. Anything. Shoot. Uh, Rogers contract, by the way. He's a 28, he's a 28 and a half million cap hit this year. Would have had $150 million in dead cap if he was cut this year. Next year, he is thirty-one point six million on the cap, ninety-nine point seven million in dead cap. Totally normal stuff. But then, true sicko, I mean, true sicko stuff. This right is the here. sickos meme. Um, I, I am the sickos meme right now. I'm loving this. But then the year after that, in 2024, which would still line up decently, I think, with a Jordan Love timeline, because then if you wanted to move on from Rodgers and play Jordan Love on the fifth year option, you could definitely do that. Uh, 
Rogers' contract goes up to forty point seven against the cap, but all of the, a lot of the guarantees are already gone off the deal. So uh, there's twenty four million in dead cap there, but you can move on from him and be okay for it. Especially since, let's face it, when you eventually move on from Aaron Rodgers, whether it's completely amicable, whether he retires, or or whether it's something that crashes and burns, and you're basically like, hey, buddy, you need to get out of here. We're going to cut you. Um, I think that's that's coming within the next two years, and whenever that comes. It's going to be a total rebuild anyways. So I don't think it's really that big of a deal that you would put $24 million on dead cap. Like, that sucks. Don't get me wrong. You would like to avoid that. But um, your team is going to be bad is what I'm saying anyways. So I think that you've just got to accept that with the contract that you sign. Can I throw a big brain at you right now? Oh, yeah. Love it. What do we I got? don't even know if I believe in this, but I just want to throw out a scenario. Even better. Let's hear it. What if you're Houston, right? And you get into the draft room and... This happens. You, you don't. You like some quarterbacks. You don't particularly love one, and you have just a monster grade on Will Anderson. You're like Will Anderson is. We think Will Anderson could be Miles Garrett, whatever mm-hmm. it is, impact wise. Mm-hmm. And you don't see any other player in the draft like that. If you're Houston, are you intrigued by the idea of taking Will Anderson first overall and f- f- pick swapping? number 12 or some kind of exchange that is has nothing to do with the first overall pick for a player that is intriguing like jordan love Mm. like trey lance like you know Mm. what i mean you know what i mean where they have grades from those drafts and i know casario wasn't there during those drafts but casario still did he's evaluated all these guys and has graded them a certain way is trevor is that something that's is that something that might interest you? In a sense of, we want the best player in the draft. We we like Bryce on the show, right? Obviously, we, we like Bryce Young a lot. But I'm just trying to throw out a scenario. Some teams aren't going to like Bryce Young. I'm sorry. He's 5'10". Some teams aren't going to like Bryce Young. And we have to brace for that in some way. Isn't that alternate route at least intriguing, in a sense? I think for Jordan Love, it becomes intriguing um especially yeah, trey, trey is just a, a wild card beyond belief at this point with his injuries and 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 the niners don't have a pick until the third round so you there wouldn't be a pick swap involved you'd obviously just be like moving something on from trey but they they, they sunk so many assets into trey lance I don't even think they can move on from him. I don't. I, I don't would be, either. I it don't would either. be wild if he would be on the trade block. Wild to me. Unless they yeah, get, I shouldn't have thrown that in there. No, 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 no. I just it, didn't no, want no, it to be just it, Jordan Love. But yeah, no, it, I mean, look, it makes sense that you're you're throwing that out there because a lot of people are wondering. Okay, well, what happens with the San Francisco 49ers quarterbacks? Right, Jimmy G is a free agent upcoming. Brock Purdy is still going to be on the roster and he's out here lighting it up and he's probably going to get the starting nod, I think, throughout the regular season, throughout the yeah. entire playoffs. I know there was talk of Jimmy G maybe being healthy enough, but shoot, man, looks like Brock's operating that offense well enough to where you don't even have to sweat that. So all of a sudden you got like three quarterbacks, one's hitting unrestricted free agency. But if somebody calls about Lance or Purdy, I think Purdy's obviously the one that you would probably move on from the most. But what if what if Purdy takes you to the Super Bowl, right? What if, what if the San Francisco 49ers, and I get that they've got an elite defense, and that's probably the reason why they would get there anyways, but Purdy is playing well. What if Purdy takes him to the Super Bowl? What do you do? Shit, what if they win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? All, <laughs> well, then all, the, of, a sudden, all of a sudden, what do you changes. do? You everything, know what I'm saying? 
No, you're you're right. You're right. And I know the sample size for Purdy's small, but there is a world we're living in where, listen, I think Jimmy G is going to get a really good contract. And like, I, I just, there is a world where it's Brock Purdy and Trey Lance in Niners camp next year. And Kyle's like, okay, this is what we're rolling with. Oh man, there's a, I, I really got us like, I took us off the highway into just nowhere. So the, the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans have two first round picks. They've got pick number one and number 12 right now. They've got one second round pick and then they've got two third round picks. If you don't love Bryce, man, 33 is high. 33 is basically like another first round pick. <laughs> it's right there. But would you trade 33 for Jordan Love? Right. I'm, that's in, kind I'm, of, le- that's, I'm very that's intrigued. Kind of I'm, thinking. I'm very intrigued by that idea. I wonder if they I wonder if they they I wonder if they'd throw a pick back at you. Yeah, yeah. It's not just that here's 33 and we get Jordan Love. I think you get a fourth rounder in there. Yeah. I mean, I'd push for the third because the third is 76th overall and you're oh, trading man. a 33rd. So that's like back in the first round, basically. That's a lot of value so between I'd those put, spots. I'd push for it. Like I might, if I'm Houston, I might go, okay, we'll give you 33. And then I think they have, let me make sure here. They've got one fourth round pick, one fifth round pick, and then a butt ton of sixth round picks and seventh round picks. So what I'd probably say is I'd call him up, be like, we'll give you 33, we'll give you 103, which is the fourth round. So a second rounder and a fourth rounder, you give us Jordan Love and a third rounder. There, There's a way to do this where I think everybody... Oh, I don't know if they do a third. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think I don't so think either. They would. I don't think they would. I just said that out loud, and I'm like, no, nah, they're probably not. The Texans are... It's not that it's just the Texans. Jordan Love is the domino in this draft mm. that I find fascinating. Fascinating. And I'm not mm. saying that as he's gone. I'm saying that as like either he's the starter for the Packers next year or he's starting somewhere else. I think it totally alternates how we think the top 15 will go. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by all of this. I think it's a good conversation. I like it. I don't, you know, I don't know if Houston's going to take. I think it'd be crazy if they didn't take a quarterback, but Bryce isn't going to be for everybody. You're right. He's not going to mm-hmm. be. Houston be sitting there at one. They get themselves Will Anderson. They're sitting there at 12. They can get Quentin Johnston and you get Jordan Love. Boom, boom, boom. Then you still got two third round picks. You get a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, three sixth round picks, and three seventh round picks. Come on, folks. We're rebuilding. Get in, loser. We're rebuilding the Houston Texans. All right. Oh, man. Any other thoughts on the top 20 before we move That's on? Really, to I just notes? wanted to completely throw a firecracker in the middle of it today. That's all I wanted to do. I'm, I'm yeah. content. Yeah, I think Arizona. I'm just like kind of going over some spark notes here. Arizona, any trenches, bad. I think the, I think the first offensive tackle could go off the board for Arizona. Although... Josh Jones has been playing decent. DJ Humphreys was good when he was healthy. So there's no guarantee that that's going to be the case. Unless they want to draft Peter Skaronsky and they think that he could be just an interior guy. But are you drafting an interior guy at five? Probably not. So maybe that's like a Brian Brzee spot. Maybe that's a Miles Murphy spot. A Jared Verse spot. Great day to be a great Dane. That's right, buddy. Indianapolis, I think, trenches as well. Offensive trenches. All the offensive Levis lines is already there. a cult. Oh, yeah. I forgot Levis is already a cult. I say it every show. No, you're right. You're right. Atlanta could use literally any defensive player, any anyone. 
just put him on a dartboard, throw a dart, and pick one. Mm-hmm. Carolina, of course, needs quarterback, so they're going to be heavily thinking about that. And then Philly still has a top 10 pick. It's wild. Wild. Voicemail time? Uh, Real quick. Yes. Because I just got the Jacksonville in the order. Been a lot of talk lately, Connor. Even here on this very podcast about the Jacksonville Jaguars drafting a wide receiver in the first round. A lot of talk. A lot of mocks. A lot of options. I think I like offensive line better for them now. 100%. You look at what Zay Jones did this past week. You look at what Christian Kirk's done all season long. You look at the fact that Evan Ingram's even playing well for him. They get Calvin Ridley back next year. I'm not saying the Jags don't need to invest in, in wide receiver at all in this draft. But at 11, go get an offensive lineman. Paris Johnson Jr., Peter Skaronsky. These guys that have some guard tackle flexibility. Yep. I, I, you don't have to. You don't have to overpay Juwan Taylor if you don't want to in free agency. You know you got to. You got the options to go get a an offensive tackle that you can start right away. I don't know, man. I uh, I, I think I'm I'm much more on team Jacksonville drafting an offensive tackle than I am wide receiver. What say you? Well, that of course, and as we sit here, you know, Cam Robinson is probably out for the rest of the year. So now they're dealing with some injuries there. They're going to get to see what Walker Little has in that spot, who's flashed when called upon. Um, that is intriguing. That one's intriguing. What Walker Little looks like. Yep, and I piggyback that with, you know, is this defense good? Because I don't think it is. So why we can't even rule out them continuing to add to the defense? Uh, yeah, I look, I, they're not where they need to be, but Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, Tyson Campbell. Yep. Campbell's good, but uh, you they, just, I think on, you just outlined exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking a corner across from him. You, they, I think they need a corner across from him with where nope. they're drafting, right? Jenkins like you're in Christian well. Gonzalez and Porter range. That's true too. Yeah. I think, yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I might like that more than wide receiver as well. I think this wide receiver class is much more hit it on day two than it is hit it on day one. Oh, I totally agree. So uh, for the Jags, I just wanted to I just wanted to throw that one. I'm out glad there. you did. I think they're fascinating. They're hot right now. So they're picking 11th. So hot right now. Here's the thing, Trevor. They are picking 11th at six and eight. Mm-hmm. The Lions at seven and seven are in the 18th spot. So the volatility of where Jacksonville picks right now is really big where you're not just trying to throw, you know, they're not really even going to be in blue chip territory. We think when it's done, they play the Jets on Thursday night football. I haven't even looked right now, but I'm thinking the game's got to be a pick them. Um, I would think so. Who knows? I think, what I think the Jets were favored by one last time I looked. So the, they're saying the teams are even and the Jets have home field. Um, yeah. They play the Texans who are not, no gimme. Let me say this about the Texans. I will not call the Texans a gimme. No, and I like can't. the Texans. I like the Texans' pass defense, and Jacksonville's strength seems to be Trevor Lawrence throwing. So interesting. And mm-hmm. then they play the Titans the last game of the year. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about here? Actually, actually, now that now that I'm thinking about it, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be picking 20th overall because they're about to win the AFC. They're going to steal South, the division. Baby. Let's they're gonna, go. They're going to steal the division. They're going to steal the division. Pull the rug from under the Titans. We're back, it'd be, baby. It'd be unreal. Black and teal is back. That's just been interesting. Just wanted to throw that out there. All right, before we get to voicemails, 
We got a new sponsor for today's podcast, our friends over at Brothrow. If you ever bet on sports with your friends, like literally just sitting on a couch, watching TV, being like, hey, bet this, nah, I bet this team kills them. And the other person actually goes, they're absolutely not going to kill them. And then you just make a bet right then and there. That's what Brothrow is, except you could do it um, across state lines. Honestly, Brothrow is the only sports betting platform that's built, that lets you bet directly with friends in all 50 states. No juice, no fees. No middleman. Bro throw is not a sports book and not paying juice, which is, you know, betting $11 to win 10 saves you a ton of money over time. Bro throw is a social platform. So you can take control of who you bet with, know who's on the other side of every single bet you create or accept. You can easily create and accept bets, easily track all your profits and payments. Always see the value of every bet right in front of you. You don't have to to deposit money into a bro throw account either. Betters pay each other directly with Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, Skrill, or Strike. Betting $11 to win 10 stinks. You don't need that extra dollar going to the book. With bro throw, you bet 10, you win 10. Simple as that. Throw your first bet. Go to brothrow.com backslash stock. Use the promo code S-T-O-C-K. Bro throw is free to sign up for. Cut out the middleman and just start betting on bro throw. That's brothrow.com backslash stock. All right, you got the voicemails loaded up. Loaded up. Yeah, let's do it. Let me make sure the volume is up and we are away. Question for you with regards to offensive line and draft, specifically with center. I was wondering why the NFL views them not as importantly as tackle. I get their interior and they have help from other interior linemen much more so than a tackle would on an island against an edge rusher. However, my counterpoint to that would be they're the only person guaranteed to touch the ball every play of an offensive drive. You might say, oh, quarterback's going to, but, you know, we've seen snaps to running backs and that other crap out there. But, yeah, why does the NFL just not value them like that? It's a great question, right? And it's something that, I personally struggle with because I don't I value them more than the league. I, I had Linderbaum, I believe I think he was my fifth overall player. And since Trevor, I pinned my draft rankings. I can pull this up in under 10 seconds. Mm. Cheat reminder. Linderbaum was my fifth overall player. So I'm with you. I think the position matters a lot. You have centers, a lot of them call out protections, mm-hmm. um, which is so vital for young quarterbacks. The way the run game has worked in the in you know the modern age with so many teams kind of gearing towards outside zone and zone concepts, these guys are asked to pull and climb and reach. Athleticism is at a premium while you can't give up much in pass pro. I'm not saying centers there should be four of them that go in the top for in the first round every year. I don't think it's that. But I think the position has been entirely overlooked in a sense that it doesn't even make sense. Like I mean, put in perspective like this, how good Creed Humphrey is, right? And Creed Humphrey was taken, I think, at the end of the second round by the Chiefs. He was the 63rd overall pick. Where would Creed Humphrey go if that redraft was today? He'd be a top 15 pick probably. So I, I don't know what you think, Trevor, but I think the point is really, really good. And it's one of those things, those old school things that I personally struggle with. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it just comes down to it's it's kind of like, there's a lot of people that um, can play center. Like there's a lot of 
interior offensive linemen that have the ability to play center. Now, the ones that are really good, I think, put a premium on the value, right? It's kind of like running backs, right? We're going to discuss this on the Thursday show. There's a lot of really good running backs in this class, but are there any that are going to separate themselves and say, okay, you've clearly got to take this guy above the rest. And I feel like the depth and availability of running backs is kind of like with center. There's just a lot to choose from. So it's not often you get that one where you go, this guy is absolutely worth drafting high. Um, and, you know, to what Sam was talking about in, in his in his voicemail, centers do often have help, right? I mean, like the, the, the nature of interior offensive line is you're not on an island as much as offensive tackles could be, right? You're not asked to play in space as much as, other offensive tackles. And, you know, when you have to play in space against guys, playing in space is often what gets you paid more money. You know, how how much you can do with freedom and with space, those are the creators on both sides of the ball. The creators are the ones that get paid. And so uh, I, I don't mean it to come as an, an insult to centers at all. I think the centers are very valuable, especially, like you said, like the guys like Jason Kelsey and, and Creed Humphrey and Frank Ragnow and, and you know, Rodney Hudson over the last couple of years. I know he's yep. taking a dip this year, but like those are centers who are extremely impactful in so many different ways. Ryan Jensen for the Buccaneers on their Super Bowl run, right? Huge, pivotal that he was playing as well as he did at that position. And I just think that it comes down to the same argument that you have with running backs. There's just often a surplus of guys that can play the position that doesn't mean there aren't guys that ascend what is being asked of them that deserve to be picked higher i think that that's the case there's just a lot of people who can play center it feels like there's just a lot of or, or a lot more i should say you know when you're looking at offensive tackles you go okay you need to be a certain size you need to have a certain arm length the foot speed needs to be the here you need to be able to uh, go up against guys one-on-one you can't really have help you gotta have power you gotta have speed so there's so many different thresholds that you have to hit for, say, offensive tackles where, as a center, a lot of those weight thresholds or length thresholds or height thresholds or, you know, things like just relative athleticism with foot speed. Not to say the centers aren't athletes. Again, I, I don't want to make this sound like I'm, I'm demeaning centers at all whatsoever. But the reason why they are not generally picked as high as other players is because the belief is that the – replacement bar around yep. the league or class to class is a lot lower than it is for other positions. The disparity between the guys who can do it at an elite level and the guys who could be a replacement, if you will, isn't not, isn't generally as high for centers. That's not to not give the praise to some of the best out there. So I think that that would be my answer to why centers aren't as prioritized. Really well said, really well said and kind of how it goes to the market of positions in general that are under undervalued it's a you know kind of a demand and supply mm -hmm. kind of issue so all right the e next one economics baby so we're doing here on hey guys my name is danny six five two seventy long time listener first time caller connor i've been listening since the early days of stick to football trevor i owe you an apology i haven't really been too familiar <laughs> with your game uh personally i'm a kind of sad ravens fan the defense is fine Roquan's been great, but man, we need to open up the wallet for Lamar because he's just everything to our offense. But more specifically, I'm just more upset with Greg Roman and the way he's been treating our pass offense. And my question really is more revolved around how what we can do to fix that because of free agency being kind of lacking this year. 
and the draft similarly being lacking compared to previous years. So what do you think the Ravens can do to kind of turn that around? Thanks. Love it. Six yeah, five, six five, two seventy, two seventy. Stack. He, Danny's flying off the edge. Stack. He's, he's setting the edge for he's, somebody right now. He's absolutely setting the edge. Is that Chase Young? Was that Chase Young? You just call this? <laughs> My God, Chase Young. You play, you play him five? at the five, or can you kick him into the three on passing downs? I also very much enjoyed the. I I have to apologize. I wasn't familiar with your game <laughs> meme. That was excellently incredible excellently meme on there. Uh, incredible yeah, okay. Shaq meme. Ravens Ravens offense. Uh, Connor, I'll let you go first. Yeah, and it's a great evaluation of the situation they're facing and something we've talked about where, you know, with this wide receiver, it's funny how positions go, and you'll hear a lot more about this on Thursday's show. You'll have, when things don't, when they run a little parallel, right? So this year we are ultimately probably facing a wide receiver draft class that does not have a lot of star talent. There's a couple of good players, probably deep and solid players, it's not like last year. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. The wide receiver free agent market is not good this year. I When I say Darius Slayton is one of the best names set to hit free agency at wide receiver, I really mean it. So with the Ravens, well, one, it goes back to Danny's point about Greg Roman. They ultimately have to decide what they're going to be when I'm assuming they find a way to keep Lamar Jackson there for the rest of his career. And what does is this enough right is this working there are heavy sets their uh reliance on the tight end position i think with lamar what i'm trying to say is you have to decide if are you going to go out there and consider making a move as drastic as trading for a deandre hopkins right and i'm not saying that's the move i'm saying we're talking about are you ready to allocate that kind of finances into the wide receiver position? Because ultimately what you've been trying has not been working. And what, what are your expectations for Rashad Bateman next year? Who's been lost of the season? Because yep. on one hand, you could say we used the first round pick on him. We think he's really talented. We've seen him flash. On the other hand, you could say he hasn't been healthy for us since he got in our building. And this isn't this year. This is for two years now. So I think the Ravens are at a weird crossroads where even if they pay Lamar, I agree with Danny's overall concern of what they're doing isn't enough in my eyes to win the Super Bowl. They need a star talent at wide receiver that can help Lamar. They can elevate Lamar's passing. Lamar has developed into a, a much improved passer at the NFL level, but like a lot of the quarterbacks that are seeing drastic jumps, he doesn't have wide receiving talent like that. So it's a huge question about offensive identity and offensive personnel and how you sync them together once you finally come to that agreement with Lamar and that's a hell of a problem for the Ravens to figure out right now, because it's not, it's not all on a platter to go out and get right. It's not right. all there. You're gonna have to get creative. Yeah. Where my mind goes and the Ravens don't have a second round pick. I don't believe, I believe they have a first round pick and then they have a third round pick. That's what it jumps to. Um, and they're currently picking 25th at the back end of the first round. We haven't done our wide receiver rewatch yet, but I do think that there is a realistic possibility that Jalen Hyatt is a back end of the first round wide receiver. And I do think that Jalen Hyatt 
could potentially be really nice for this Ravens offense. I think Rashad Bateman's awesome. A fully healthy year of Rashad Bateman, I think, has the potential to open up the offense. Now, is Greg Roman going to open up the offense that way? I don't know. Because everything seems to be centered around longer drives, methodical drives, obviously doing things on the ground. It feels like the one-two punch and the threat in the backfield of Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins next year or whoever they're going to have at running back with Dobbins is going to be the bread and butter. That's kind of the way that Greg Roman has always been. But if you go out and you get a legitimate deep threat, like if you, it, let's just say, regardless of how it happens, where they pick him, Jalen Hyatt gets on this team. Then all of a sudden, like you've got a deep threat, you've got a vertical stretcher, you've got a receiving tight end in Mark Andrews, who you know you can lean on. And then you've got a go-to guy in the passing game in the short and intermediate with the route running savviness and the reliability of Rashad Bateman. To me, that's then a complete offense. And it comes down to execution at that point. It comes to being open enough in the passing game because you go back to Louisville and Lamar was a good passer at Louisville, right? And he's been a good passer throughout his NFL career. But as of late, especially, it just feels like they don't want to open up. They don't want to sacrifice what they're doing in the run game to open things up more in the passing game. Maybe that's because they don't believe they have the right personnel. Maybe it's not. So I'd be intrigued to see what this team is like if you get a fully healthy Rashad Bateman, if you get a legitimate field-stretching player, and then, of course, you add Mark Andrews to that mix as well. To me, that's a recipe to have success to really make your offense a threat on any down in any situation. So that's where my mind goes with it. That's kind of what I would approach things for the Ravens because, you know, you can you can potentially go get a, a field stretcher in Darius Slayton, but I don't know what his price is going to be in free agency. I don't know how much he's gonna he's gonna command given there aren't many wide receivers to choose from. And plus, you know, it's not like the Ravens are going to have a lot of cash sitting around anyways. You know, they traded for Roquan Smith, and if they want to pay him, obviously that's going to be a decent chunk of change. And of course, Lamar's contract is going to be a monster. So, um. That's kind of how I'd look at it. I look at Jalen Hyatt, and I'd love to see Jalen Hyatt in uh, purple and black. All right, here's our next one. Hey, Trevor, Connor, this is Andrew. Huge fan of the show. Uh, Watching that World Cup final was amazing, and that got me thinking, what football games remind you most of that World Cup final? The one comes out to me, Chiefs-Bills playoffs last year. Want to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. I mean, yeah. That 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 Bills, that Bills Chiefs the game. One. The back and forth the entire time. It was Allen being a hero. It was Mahomes being a hero. I mean, the only one that I can think of that might rival it is what was that Rams Chiefs game? Was it Rams Chiefs? What was it where it was like the final score was like 52? Oh, I forgot about that game. Wasn't it 56? a prime time Monday night game? Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was nuts. But I wouldn't say it's a forgotten game in history. I, I wouldn't say that like that had the star power that Mbappe versus Messi did. Whereas last year, Allen versus Mahomes just yep. back and forth. I mean, if if next score wins wasn't a thing. And it was just simply whoever got the first stop. We might have been there for another three hours. Oh, they, yeah. would have, they would have just gone back and forth as just absolute Titans playing the best ball that they possibly could in that moment. So, shoot, I think that uh, I think it was Andrew who was on the uh, left that voicemail. That's that's the one to me. And I I don't mean for it to be recency bias, but that one Mahomes versus Allen. That's that's got to be it for me. Do you think they have to change the um, format? Are you a fan or not a fan of how it ends in penalties? Oh, for soccer? Yeah. 
No, I think it's bullshit. Right? It's terrible. It's awful. It's 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 in the it's, championship game. It's, it's like crowning a Super Bowl champion by uh, having a field goal competition. Well, can I, here it is. Can imagine the Stanley Cup overtime was shootout. Oh, I I stop watching the sport. I mean, no I hockey I mean, I fan. But. Like the shootout is great for highlights. There is a part of it that's really good for the game. It's been fun in the Olympics. I get all of that, mm-hmm. but. When you lose in a sh- like real hockey fans don't look at it as a real loss or win. It's like oh shootout. This because they had the game had to end because it's the regular season and there's eighty freaking million of these. At no point will you ever hear me say that a shootout in soccer is not entertaining. It is. I oh, mean, the watching insane. watching those guys step up to take that free kick. The pressure that's on, guessing where the goalie's going to guess, guessing where you're going to go, whether you can hit it on target or not, how much pace do you put on the ball, like all this stuff. It is a beautiful, torturous mind game that we get to watch sitting on our couch with no skin in the game. But it is an awful, awful way to crown a champion. It's terrible. It is so – the only way that you should lose for a championship is by playing the game that you're actually playing. And – Penalty kicks is not the game of soccer. It is a mini game, and I and I, I I will I will stand on that hill forever. It's an awful. It is an entertaining way, but an unfair way to crown a champion. That's my point. I'm with you. If you're worried about the timing going that long, and mind you, this is the championship game. They're not playing games after for the mm-hmm. World Cup. Just make it golden goal. Just make it sudden death. Like the next goal wins. We well, we play right. Right. We played extra time. It tied. We're going to do a nut. We're going to play this game until next goal wins. So yep. there's your fix. Pretty yep. simple. Um, okay. Here's the next one. What's up, Connor and Trevor? This is fellow 64240 behemoth micronition. Um, big fan of the show. Obviously, you guys know that. Um, apologies for my, for my voice. I've been battling a cold, but I wanted to know what you guys think about the NFL's playoff structure and whether or not there could be changes going forward. Looking at this year, the NFC South is a complete and total joke where no one wants to win it and someone could win it with seven seven wins. And we've seen in, in years past, you know, two years ago, with the Washington football team winning at you know, the NFC least at seven and nine or when the Seahawks made the playoffs at seven and nine or teams are making the playoffs at eight and eight, eight and nine. Could you see the NFL going to a system similar to the, uh, to the NBA where winning your division doesn't guarantee a home playoff spot or in the NBA's case, doesn't even guarantee you a playoff spot in general and just the top teams in each conference. So the top seven teams in each conference make the playoffs and then you just have to be in that top that top seven rather than guaranteeing a playoff spot for a team that frankly doesn't deserve it. Take care. Shout out, Mike. Shout him out. All right, what do you think? I think I think he's on to something. I maybe it's just because it's this year, but I feel like we do have a couple of these every now and then. It's um, I mean, it's just garbage. Right. Like why the reason I say it's garbage is how can you seriously have a team left out or a team, you know, kind of bamboozled and then have a team in a team in 
Uh, had, had to salute. Had to give salute, salute our first responders. There. I heard. The, I heard the first responders in Hoboken. Salute. I just—it's problematic, right? I think if it, but this is also an issue that you kind of get. I think expanded playoffs are maybe supposed to fix this because it's like, well, there's an extra wild card, so that division winner didn't really take the spot of an expanded team. But I still think it's a bad product when you have a division that had a winner. I mean, Trevor, if a team makes the playoffs and goes seven and ten this year, when brother. When that's extremely problematic. You tell you tell me the Bucks are going to win more than one game. Who do they got the rest of the year? Uh, it doesn't matter. They've got they've got themselves. That's the that's... ultimate man is down bad. Trevor, they played the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Falcons. Okay, you say the Panthers and the Falcons. Like the Bucks are in any way, shape, or form better than either of those two teams. Somebody's got to win the NFC South, baby. But to the question, can nobody win it? Can we just kind of line them all up together? So you like the divisions? I I don't I don't like the divisions. I see what Mike is saying. The problem is that the NFL is never going to get rid of it because you Uh, look right. You you look you look at two years ago. Two years ago, the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, they started that playoff run in Washington because the Bucks were a wild card team. They started that in Washington against Taylor Heineke, and it was a five-point game going down to the wire in the fourth quarter. And that was only the case because the game was in Washington. The NFL is not going to lose that, right? I mean, you go back to the Seattle game against the the uh, the New Orleans Saints, the Beastquake game, right? Like, you lose that moment if you don't give teams the opportunity to be the ultimate Cinderella's. So that's why I don't think the NFL is going to take getting to host a playoff game away from divisions. I wish that they would say, okay, if you win your division, you are guaranteed to be in the playoffs, but you're not guaranteed to host a playoff game. That to me would be more fair. But again, I don't think they're going to get rid of it because we've seen too many wild upsets that then get played on NFL Network and get played on SportsCenter and get played on social media again and again and again and again because it was the improbable who would have thought and the NFL is just never going to get rid of that. So, I mean, you look at the NBA and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to be the biggest NBA fan. I don't really pay attention, but like those play-in games and the, 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 like it, no one cares. I feel like, I feel like nobody cares about that stuff anyways. No. And even in the first round of the playoffs, I feel like nobody really cares about it. So I don't know how much you fix it. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe you guys can hit me up and be like, actually, Trev, it's really great. And I'll be like, hey. I concede. Cool. No, yeah, but uh, that's, I don't know. That's just the way that I look at it. I don't think it's ever going to change. Hi, guys. It's George from England here. Massive fan of the show. Really appreciate uh, all your takes and opinions. been following Trevor. Well, not literally. I'm, not, I'm probably not a stalker since he was at Pewter Report. I'm also sort of a, a huge Gator and Books fan. Uh, I know there's not been much talk about it, but where do the books go next season? I, I really can't see how Brady wants to come back, given how atrocious this season's been. So what should we? What, what really should we do? Is it worth trading off some of the assets and look to go for a bit of a rebuild? Do we maybe have to have a veteran quarterback, maybe someone like Jimmy G, and pray that we can go for next year? Or do we draft with someone like Anthony Richardson and hope that the main man force was in the draft? Uh, and again, that's assuming that the coaching staff is still here, which is not a given. And to be honest, 
I don't think there really should be, especially not on the offense side of things. For the so many questions around this team, and I really appreciate your guys' takes to do the best in the business. All right, take care. Thank you. What a lad. Shout out appreciate to the kind words. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. Um, look, I think this conversation uh, gets a lot different depending on who wins the NFC South, right? We figured that it's going to be the Buccaneers because they have a game one game lead, but right now they're sitting here six and eight and they're picking 19th overall. That's a lot different than the uh, three teams that are not in first place right now, which are then picking seventh, eighth and ninth. So the bucks could flip from having a number 19 overall pick to a top 10 pick, depending on if they win the division. So I think what they would do at quarterback changes a lot, depending on where they finish. I'm with George on a couple of things. One, I cannot see this offensive coaching staff still being around next year. So I think that it is a new offensive coaching staff. Not so sure they fired Todd Bowles. We've talked about this before. Um, I don't think Brady's back next year. It just wouldn't really make sense to me why Brady would come back. Uh, unless there is some sort of reason to believe in this team that I can't see right now. It, it's hard to think that if he runs it back, even with a healthy Ryan Jensen, even with a healthy Tristan Wirfs, even with the healthy, I don't know, rest of the team, whatever, Shaq Barrett, plenty of guys, like that, that, that it's going to really make that big of a difference that he thinks that they can make a Super Bowl run. Maybe, but I would find that hard to believe. I think it's more realistic that he retires. And I think that it's most realistic that if they win the division, they're not taking a quarterback. They're probably going to roll with Kyle Trask. They're probably going to lose a lot of football games. And they're probably going to be picking in the top 10 of the draft next year. So you go for a quarterback then. That's my view of it right now i mean what better place to hear from trevor uh you obviously have a good read on this team and it's i just what blew my mind throughout that ran is that <laughs> the other three teams in the division that are separated by one win the bucks have six wins these teams have five is that the falcons panthers and saints pick seven eight and nine you're 100 percent right it is just it is beyond up in the air let me ask you this would you rather the Bucs win the division, make the playoffs, don't really go anywhere in the playoffs, or just lose the division and pick in the top 10? I would rather them I would rather them win the division. I, I would honestly rather them win the division. I know that might be crazy to some people, but the reason why I say that is because you only have Tom Brady as your quarterback for so long. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wish for losses with Tom Brady. I'm. I'm just. Yeah, it makes not. sense. It's, you know, like yeah, you win the division. Point. You win the division. You host a playoff game. I mean, let's even say it's against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, like the Bucks have had the Cowboys number. It feels like so. It's like maybe you win that game. Maybe you get a good second round matchup. Who who knows? It's just I'm. I get why it certainly would be advantageous if they don't win the division and they pick in the top ten. They could potentially hit on this quarterback class. I get it. That would accelerate the next thing. But to sit here and go. Oh, let's. We can't wait to move on from Tom Brady. I'm just not there, man. I, I I would rather, I'd rather, I'd rather hope that they get wins. You got Tom Brady, your team. I'm not going to hope for losses. So that's where I am with it. All right. Hey, Connor, Trevor, Andrew here. Big sex addict. I have a take that I need your help with. Braxton Jones for the Bears has actually been pretty good. So do they take? A tackle in this class? I don't know. What do you think, guys? Thanks. Braxton Jones has been good. Yeah. 
I think the question with the Bears, though, to me, is always bigger than just Braxton. You know what I mean? Like, this is a yeah, line yeah. that I think has a lot of questions. Um, but great, It's a great point, though, to bring up. Like, if Braxton Jones is the future left tackle, you know, what do we have to do? Um, I, you need a right tackle of the future. Do you think it goes back? Do you let's say the Bears aren't picking two. Mm-hmm. Do you take Skaronsky with a top? This is something you kind of alluded to earlier, Trevor with a top seven-ish pick because you love his versatility to play on the inside or maybe you can get him to kick over to right tackle and you just make the line better. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's it's that one. That That's what I would be doing. Uh, I'm Me looking too. at right. I'm looking at, because Riley Reef is their... One-year deal. Yeah, he's their uh, right tackle right now. He's on a one-year deal and he's he's 34 years Didn't old. Didn't Tevin anyways. get hurt? Didn't Tevin hurt his back again? Tevin did recently get hurt. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't check up on the severity yeah. of that. I oh. just know that he left again. So I'm seeing from an hour ago neck injury. I remember when he left. We got caught it was, off. He was, was back. And I remember he had there was some medical concerns with him coming into that draft. That was part it of the was. reason he slid. Um, so I'm just trying to warn Bears fans, like, don't put all the eggs in the the Tevin basket long term. No, yeah. but Te- Tevin was playing better at guard anyways. So like, so Tevin, you have your yeah right guard. So Tevin's anyway. a, Tevin's a guard for you anyways. I I'd still be picking. Well, look, if the Bears are picking at two, I'm not taking Skronsky at two. You know, no, you, you're taking Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, right? And but if you want to trade back, if somebody wants to trade up to go give you a quarterback, then you're sitting there at the back end of the top ten. Then yes, I'm fully comfortable taking an offensive lineman there. You still need the offensive line to be better than it's been in Chicago. So that's that's how I would flesh out that take. Okay. We got a couple more here. Hang tight. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, here we go. Hey, how's it going, y'all? I just turned 18 today. That's right. Oh, I'm birthday. a barely legal sex addict. Thank you to y'all. Um, <laughs> my question is regarding the Houston Texans with their number one overall pick. And I think that it should be Bryce Young, but I don't think that it should be 100% obvious what every single mock draft is saying. I don't think it should be quite chalk. I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, this roster for the Houston Texans is absolute garbage. And I think that drafting a Will Anderson and then like another cornerstone piece with uh, the Browns pick, which is looking like it's going to be top 10 with how bad Deshaun Watson looked. I think that drafting a couple of cornerstone pieces on the defensive side of the ball and then running it back with another bad team in 2024 and then taking a Caleb Williams kind of player would be uh, a better way to maximize like that rookie quarterback contract. So um, what do you all think? I still think it should be Bryce Young, but I think there's a conversation to be had there. Thank you. Number one, well, happy birthday, number one. Happy birthday, indeed. Incre- incredible voicemail. And, and I mean, in all seriousness, actually, like an incredible point of... Start to finish. It start, I mean, talk about coming in with a bang and then actually asking a great question oh, while also kind of shitting on Deshaun Watson in the middle of it. Like this, this young king just had the hat trick of voicemails. So with that being said, I mean, Trevor, it's... That's exactly it. Like there's a... Com- it's December... Mm-hmm. It feels very chalky that Bryce Young is number one overall. I mean, understandably so. He's the favorite on the betting markets. He's the uh, most mock drafts. But it's not a given. Mm-hmm. It's not a given. And we don't know how the Texans will view 
any of the quarterbacks. And right. we, I think you and I are pretty confident a quarterback's not going to be our number one player in our big boards on this draft. Probably not. Probably not. So there's a, there's there's obviously a lot of tape to get, but I I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so what do you what do you think? I mean, we had a little mini version of this conversation at, at the show, but it was different with Jordan Love. Well, so. we, but but I think that kind of goes to what what um what that voicemail was saying is this like, hey, there's other options. You know, he the, the voicemail was saying it shouldn't just be chalk that it's Bryce Young and nothing else. Like, there's a lot of creativity that the Texans could have. Um, and I agree with that completely. We we were able to kind of explore a little bit of an idea earlier in the podcast, so we don't have to dig into that too much again. But there's going to be other quarterbacks out there that could be, I don't, I, I don't totally want to say like stopgap quarterbacks, but like there's there's other options. The the one area that I would push back on is saying like, oh, you know, like let's 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 be bad and and maybe go for a Caleb Williams next year. Okay, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are going to want Caleb Williams next year. There's one team that's going to get him. And they're probably going to be picking number one overall. So are you going to be bad enough again to be picking number one overall next year? I'm not so sure that's a fact. Well, so if you're Nick Casario, why are you willing to risk that? Sure. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's the point in all of this. Can Nick Casario afford too. to not take a quarterback number one overall with his job on the line? That's yeah, are you just gonna point sit, as well? Like it's it's truly you know what or get off the pot time. You can't just lose every year and say, well, I only took Davis Mills. So mm-hmm. I, what chance have I really had? It's like, well, you have to, you do have to choose. I find this argument with, with scouts all the time because scouts in the NFL love to rip apart players. And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but at some point you have to actually select players. Like you can poke holes in every aspect of every single thing. Mm-hmm. But if you just do that forever, and I'm not saying this is what the voicemail was alluding to at all. I'm totally off the rails here. You have to take players eventually. And Nick Casario is running out of time. So I think politics, job politics, also play into the decision at number one. I agree. Chris Bowen has to take it to quarterback, though, and he's still around. And he his ass better take one this year. Yeah, they better get one this year. And he's... I don't think it's probably going to be a good idea. No, depends how they get there. They don't have a choice. There. They're sitting at six. They might be all right. Uh, what do we got next? Last one. Okay. Fun one. Hey guys, Quinn here. Um, I had a question about fantasy football. Um, I know that the fantasy football playoffs are upon us right now. Um, and I'm assuming you guys are both fantasy football guys because you're in the sports media world. Um, I was curious if you guys have any like fun rules you play with in your league that, you know, make the leagues more interesting, um, that you recommend for other people. Um, I was also curious if you guys still, you know, have the time to play fantasy football as much anymore. I know you guys are both pretty busy. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. I still get fantasy football questions all the time from people. So glad we, we threw this one in there. Quinn's also gotten a couple of voicemails in. So I wanted to make sure that I got shouts. Quinn. Um, one of the, one of the Quinn voicemails. I, okay. So I have two that I'll shout out. I was in a league that did this, doesn't do it anymore, but that's more because we just didn't have enough people to be super serious about it. It wasn't really because the concept didn't work. We have like a hybrid dynasty because I think the issue when you when you go dynasty versus redraft format is people will be like, oh, like I love the idea of a dynasty and keeping players and building a team and like building a core. But then there's no like excitement for like a redraft at the beginning of every football season. So we kind of did a hybrid of it where it was a three it was a three player keeper league. 
where two of the players could be anybody, any position, any age, any experience. But then your third keeper had to be a rookie from the past season. So then, like if, so then if you wanted to keep them again after that year, then they would have to take one of your normal spots. It would have to take one of the other players. And then that's just how it was every year. That was, that was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that one. And then the only other one that I would say is this year, this year we went crazy on the format and we wanted to give owners total control. So our starting lineup was one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and then I think it was one tight end as well. So it was one of each and then six flex spots. Oh, my God. You could play whoever you want. You could draft as many wide receivers as you wanted. You could draft as many running backs as you wanted. You could draft as many tight ends as you wanted. And it's just build your team however you want. And it was actually kind of fun. So this is the Dude, that's guys. awesome. I love that. It's kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. How many leagues are you in total? Uh four this year too i'm in four i'm in two dynasty and two redrafts i used to be in like nine yep so to point i have cut down i left i left a league from where i grew up uh they were not very happy about it and i part of it was i I didn't really like the league itself but i Mm. need to cut back so that's the one i chose you and i are in a dynasty league together before we ever started the show we are indeed. Uh, for those that don't know, the Fantasy Playbook League run by Kyle Yates. Shout out, Kyle. It is it is quite the league. This it's is a fun. dynasty league. It's it's me, you, Kyle, Solak, uh, Brett Coleman, Brandon Thorne, Austin Gale. There's all kinds of people in this league. It's yeah. It's, ben um, won it the first year and it pissed me off. He did win. That's right. It's, it's very it's a very new league. This is only year two of the league. Yeah, he won in the first year and it pissed me I, off. I lost in the first round of the playoffs. I think he cheated year. somehow. I don't know how. I don't know how Ben. Well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna f- I will find you, and I'm gonna literally. Figure it he out. probably will find find Solak. So I'm in that. I'm in another dynasty league that's only one year older. So they're only these are only two and three year old leagues. Mm. Um. And then I'm only in two redrafts. I'm in a redraft that is my college redraft. It's been going on for over 10 years. Because uh, I think we did it our freshman year, sophomore year. And then I'm in the show I do for fantasy football at NBC. We have a league that's like 16 teams. That's 16. it. Oh, yeah, because everybody that works on the show is in the league. You're, you're which, playing you're playing guys that are getting like eight snaps. <laughs> Not even eight it, touches. They're getting yeah, eight it's pretty, snaps. It, it goes pretty bare bones when you have an injury. So... I mean, fantasy is awesome. It's you do have to. And then the only other sport I do, I do one fantasy baseball league that I've been in for a very long time. That I is I can't do it. That's kind of like what you outlined. It's two keepers. Um, It's very intense. It's a ton of time, a ton of time. I actually put more time into that than I think anything in fantasy or gambling or anything that I've ever done. Because the state the stakes are also, you know, pretty good for that. So but we don't in any of the leagues, we don't have any of the rules. I did, I think the best thing I did though. So we have rivals in the fantasy baseball league. That's how it's how long it's gone. So there's there's nice. a rivalry week. Nice. So uh in this fantasy league, there's people like all across the country because we've just moved and stuff. I bought a cameo uh from Bob Nightingale, the MLB reporter, <laughs> to talk shit to my rival after I beat him. And I I wrote the gist of the script, and then Bob actually added some spice to it, and it, it did a great job. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the greatest that I've ever. Is, and then I said is... we have a group. We have a very active group. Me, because this league operates like it's 2014 all the time. And I, I dropped it in the group. Me. That's no, pretty. That is pretty that good. is that is fantasy yeah. sports. Yeah, cameo finest. It can't a rightly timed cameo in a fantasy league is the ultimate. If you have a good group chat, it's never, the ultimate. Never element. even thought about before. That's great. Do you guys have like a punishment for any of your leagues? No. So we've tried to come up with one in the college the redraft league for football because we're mm-hmm. all like really good friends. Uh, but dude, once people move, it's really hard. It's right. really hard because you have people that you know we don't live around each other anymore. And then it's like, how do you, you don't want to also like do the punishments that everyone does. Like, I don't want to send somebody to a Waffle House. There's also, I live in the Northeast. We don't have Waffle House. Mm. What are you going to send you to the McDonald's? I guess, but I don't even want to do that. I know Waffle House rocks. I, it is a problem up here, but yeah, it's, um, do you guys do a punishment? No, I'm trying to think of the last, last punishment we had. We, we used to have like a last place trophy that you would get sent, but I like that. But yeah, that's all I got. I, I can't think of, I can't think of other, other like punishments that we've gotten. I do think, I do think the punishment that is, that is gotten decently famous where there are 13 people in a 12 person league. And every year at the draft, the person who sat out the year before picks who they are replacing and the champion is the only one who is safe. That's diabolical. So then you have a whole year where you, you're not playing fantasy football and they do this at the draft. So you prep for the fantasy football draft. (laughs) You're super pumped for it. You're going, you're like, Oh hell yeah, this is awesome. And then if you get picked, you're not playing fantasy football for an entire year in that league. Dude, this probably like ruins friendships. Yeah, 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 people, yeah. I can see people getting really pissed about that. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that. I feel like he's gotten decently popular. Uh, oh, man. I would love to come up with something. Actually, this is the perfect thing to ask the YouTube comments today or tweet at us. Like, what? Ooh. If you have a unique punishment, what is it? Because I yeah. always love to hear them. And I think you only read, like, the only ones you ever read about is, like, the Waffle House. You clearly read about that one, which is unreal. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to come up with with something really, really unique that you could do if you're in a league where you don't like live in the same neighborhood. For everybody that doesn't know the Waffle House punishment, the Waffle House punishment for fantasy football is you have to be in a Waffle House for 24 hours. But for every waffle you eat, it is an hour off of your time that you have to be at Good the luck. Waffle House. So that's 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 the way that it goes. You can keep order. You can eat them as fast as you want. You can keep. Well, some people are like, oh, you can only eat like three per hour yeah you're, so that you, oh they make a rule i just yeah. think people i just think the stomach cannot handle waffle house waffles you you will eventually run out of gas a lot quicker oh, no 100 percent. so like yeah. you're you're in that waffle house <laughs> or you won't run out of gas for a long <laughs> goes time ways. That's, that's a good point you're in that <laughs> waffle house for the entire day it's just uh you know you're trying to at get night out. well you're trying to get you're trying to get out before night it's but <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot of waffles it's not as cool as it sounds. People always think, and I've been at Waffle Houses at some weird hours of the night. I would not want to be there for. I was, I was reading 16. 
I was reading a testimony by, I called it a testimony of somebody who did the Waffle House challenge. And they were like, yeah, I got chocolate chip waffles. What are you doing putting toppings on it? You no, fool. No, you're an idiot. What? You're just an idiot. You're not making, you don't make the test harder. No. You're not putting, not... Look, you're not putting butter on it. You're not putting chocolate on you it. Li- you literally dunk them in water. Yes, you Joey it's Chestnut. The, it's, the, it's you Joey Chestnut, this thing. You are up at Coney Island. You are facing the crowd. Kobayashi, like, <laughs> this is not, you're not there to enjoy the experience. You are in hell. You need to claw and scratch and water waffle your way out of this thing. You think Joey Chestnut enjoys eating 73 hot dogs in one minute? No. Does Joey Chestnut put relish and mustard and ketchup and Can you imagine perfectly that? has the bun and he's like, okay, 72 more. Chocolate chip waffles. Throw up. I had two, and it was like, oh no, I'm gonna be here till Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's my terrible. dog hate my dog hates in the background. Can't believe that there'd be such logic. If you guys can hear him barking. All right, we'll get out of here so I can. Yeah, uh, we're done. That was good. So I can let him out. He's got to pee anyways. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. That was a lot of fun. Everybody who got in on the voicemails, we appreciate you a ton. Keep sending them in. Uh, we would love to do this as much as possible. Speakpipe.com backslash NFLSE is where you can record all your voices and and, and be able to get on the show. Um, it's a great way for you guys to stay connected, and it's a great way for us to uh, truly call this podcast a community. Let us know what you thought about our takes for the 2023 NFL draft order, some of the scenarios that we came up with, let us know on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers. You can let us know on Instagram as well, as well as of course in the YouTube comments. If you are watching this bad boy on YouTube, we got one more episode before we bid you adieu for the holiday season. It is the running back ranking episode. We're watching a lot of tape on a lot of different guys. Now that the regular season is over in college football and we are coming to you guys with a new running back ranking as we head into draft season we'll give you our top five as well as a handful of players that are rounding out our top tens as well i'm trevor sycamore that is connor rogers thank you guys so much for listening to the nfl stock exchange podcast we'll see you on thursday